Hey y'all, Frank here. Hope you're having an awesome week. Today we're releasing an episode of Pushing Buttons on our Geek Freaks channel. As you know, Pushing Buttons has been a part of Geek Freaks for a while now. They and the rest of our shows got their own channels in the Geek Freaks network in 2022. You can find the link to their standalone channel in the description. We are going to share some of their episodes here in case you missed them. In this Pushing Buttons, Kevin and Kyle discuss video games who found redemption after launch. I'm sure many games come to mind, but I am reminded of No Man's Skies. The game released with a great deal of disappointment, but did the developer Hello Game walk away? No, they went back to the drawing board and were honest with their player base. Over time, they added features, content, all to the delight of a growing player base. This is an example of what Pushing Buttons is going to be talking about today. This episode was originally released in January on the standalone channel. So if you just have to have more Kyle and Kevin after listening to this, head to the description and join their channel now. Hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to Pushing Buttons, part of the Geek Freaks Network. We talk all about video games on this podcast, and today we're talking all about games that found success post-launch. My name is Kevin. And I'm Kyle. We've been off for a couple of weeks. We came back. Now we're on our own feed. We're free of the shackles of the Geek Freaks feed. <laughs> <laughs> now, all, all the Geek Freaks uh, podcasts are all on their own separate feeds now. You have to follow them all separately. And we're on our own now. So you'll start seeing more of us if you subscribe to this feed, which we hope you do. Please do. Yes. Uh, really excited about these changes. I think it's going to be a great year for recording. Great year for pushing buttons as well. And uh, today, I think... You know, to kick things off, you know, we it's been some time, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a couple of weeks. We took the first two two and a half weeks of the of the new year off. Yeah, got caught up on some games from the past year. I hope. I, I played. It's hard for me to say because I I'm very weird with my my gaming habits. Hmm. I played more House Flipper in the last two weeks than anything else. In fact. I think other than Miles Morales, which I talked about a little bit on, I think on Geek Freaks this past week, a couple days ago, um, I think House Flipper is the only other game that I really spent any time in while we were on break. That's all? I think so. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, unless you can think of something that I've played that I'm not thinking of. Well, I was thinking of Escape Simulator. Uh, we played that for like two hours. I know, but I had a good time. It was a good time. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty good time. I've been wanting to, to play it again. again. Yes. Yeah. Maybe after <laughs> we record. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we could do it on one of the streams. We, uh, we're streaming a lot more on uh, Twitch.tv. Ooh, that's a great podcast. idea. Yeah. We should stream that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, well, uh, what games were you playing while we were on hiatus? Well, uh, holy smokes. Um, you know, my whole life situation got turned around and now I'm just kind of biding my time, but in that time, I've been playing quite a bit of catch-up. I got through Control, finally. It's been on my to-do list for quite some time, and the best way I could describe it to you, Kevin, is if you ever wanted a spiritual successor to PsyOps, the MindGate conspiracy, this is the game for you. I Gameplay played it for was... about three hours, and I didn't like it. Oh, Really? Yeah, it didn't give me that PsyOps feel. It gave me a janky Alan Wake feel. I can kind of see that, but I think if you gave it more time, you would see more of what I'm talking about. Because as you upgrade your abilities, 
you can pick up enemies and throw them, multiple yeah. objects and throw them, and you know use all the other cool stuff like the the rock wall shield and use the rocks to throw at people and like levitation like that as well. And that really opened up the gameplay and made it more fun. So I understand it didn't hold your interest, but I (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was great. Nice. And uh, aside from that, I played a couple indie games as well. I got through Inscription, which is a fantastic game. Like you need to try to talk to Frank about that. Like I just talked to Frank on the the end of the, the Geek Freak Awards at the end of Monday's episode of freaks i i gushed about it and i haven't even played it <laughs> so <laughs> you need to talk to frank about that okay so you played undertale right yeah uh, i didn't finish it sadly but yes i did play it so it's kind of similar to that style where it's basically a whole bunch of different genres in one game mm-hmm. and as you progress in it you know it gets more and more uh genre bendy bouncy <laughs> and nice. uh I think in particular what it does so well is it takes those roguelike elements from like Slay the Spire and puts them into a focused experience, but twists that to make it kind of like an ARG, if you're familiar with those. Yeah. Like it was really cool, like watching all of the various twists and turns the game offered. Like I was really invested in it and it has a really good narrative and best to go in as little as known as possible for like spoilers and stuff. That's what I told Frank too. I I told him that there is a lot of uh, genre bending stuff. There's some, uh, uh, there's a lot of subverting expectations in that game. Like you go in there expecting one type of game, and y- game changes on you a little bit. It, it, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, me personally, like uh, the first act is incredible. I think it's a ten out of ten. And as it gets further, it kind of uh, reuses a lot of things, which you know I wasn't really fond of i felt like it could have branched out and done more right. but i still love the hell out of the game like it's something to be experienced for sure nice and uh i also played through death's door as well um nice that's been on my radar as well for quite some time you know Did you i was, like that game i mean it was i wouldn't give it like a 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 like all of these other reviewers did like i know ign was really fond of it and the game had great presentation, like everything about it felt fun to play. But to me, I just kind of felt like there wasn't really a spark there that made me want to play more of it. Okay, I played it for about four hours. I did play that game too, and I get, I was thinking like the the ambiance, the style, the the writing was all top notch. Mm-hmm. The gameplay itself is what held it back. It didn't feel like it had anything special or unique gameplay wise to keep me hooked. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the combat itself is pretty bland. Yeah. Like, uh, for me, the closest I can compare it to would be Ashen, which is another Souls-like, you know, wannabe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that game in particular, but at least Death's Door got the presentation right. Like, it really nailed the atmosphere and the visuals and the sound and the music in particular was amazing. I love the music in the game. But that combat just, it was missing something. I, I agree completely. And aside uh, from those, else? um, I don't think so. I think that's about it. Aside from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. yeah. You, you were playing that on stream too. A couple times, yeah. I did it uh last week as well as this past week. 
and well, two weeks ago, I guess now. <laughs> when this how are you comes liking out. my? How are you enjoying my 2019 game of the year? You were right. I think it's pretty damn good. <laughs> um, I don't think it beats my personal game of the year, which was Sekiro: Shadows Die That's Twice. Um, but the game is very similar in combat to Sekiro, which was really surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be more of a hack and slash type of game. Oh, okay. You know, from the trailers and everything the trailers I saw, don't really explain the leading game very up well to the release. Yeah, it didn't really show off that side of it very well. It was, you know, focusing more on the Uncharted, you know, type yeah. of linearity. And, you know, I'm playing on the hardest difficulty too, which is also teaching me how to play the game. Mm-hmm. And it does it really well. Like that tutorial level at the beginning, I can't remember the planet's name now, but it was amazing. Bra- Braca? Braca, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I love that whole section where... You're on the train and you're fighting all the stormtroopers, and it, yeah. there's like a tutorial in it. And you know these stormtroopers on Grandmaster difficulty are badasses. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> that whole train sequence too is very, even though it is teaching you the combat, it's also it has that Uncharted feel to it as well that you mentioned. Because there's like you know the, the big train sequence in Uncharted too. <laughs> it's a little bit different than that, but it's it, that's what it reminded me of a lot as well. It was Uncharted two mixed with a, a, a soul style game i would say like i said this on my stream i said uh, it's kind of like a janky sekiro plus uncharted combination and yeah. you know the gameplay doesn't feel as tight and detailed as sekiro but yeah. i still appreciate it for what it is like it's really fun to use the force slow on enemies and just whack them and slice them in half and you know i just got force push so i'm looking to see how to use that in combat in the future nice and what really took me by surprise is the ship itself, the Mantis, like how detailed that was as a base. You can upgrade, or not upgrade, but you can customize your lightsaber however you see fit. And that was amazing. The lightsaber uh, modifications in almost any Star Wars games that has the ability to change your lightsaber. I love it. A Jedi, Jedi Knight Jedi Academy was really good with it too. And that was years ago. It just feels so good to be able to like craft your own lightsaber and put your own spin on it like, with the not just the color of the blade, but the color of the handle, the switch, the the emitter, everything just had its own unique feel to it. So everybody's playing with a different personalized lightsaber in that game. Yeah, so far I'm loving the hell out of it. I think my only complaint with it so far is you have to press the thumbstick to interact with objects. It's like, stupid. That, yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. But I'm pretty sure I can change it if I wanted to. But I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, it, it's just such a weird choice to have that on the thumbstick. It's like, why? Yeah, yeah. But not a big, not a big deal. I'll get used to it. Awesome. Well, let's start talking about some games that found some success post-launch. Um, I thought this would be a very fun topic to talk about here on Pushing Buttons because we also, as a podcast, died for a little bit and came back for a revival. That is true. <laughs> here on Geek Freak. <laughs> so I, I thought it would be a very appropriate topic to talk about there's a lot of games that come to mind when you talk about this but thinking more about it there are some things that i didn't even think about and i'm very curious what you could have come up with what 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 is the very first thing that you think of when you think of a game that failed at first and found success later so you see for me personally i don't really play games that are bad at launch so it was really hard to come up with say a list but okay you know i have examples of course like the given ones like 
No Man's Sky or Final Fantasy fourteen. But uh, I kind of took it a step further and, you know, I was really thinking to myself, like, what games that I thought were bad at the beginning, but they actually weren't bad. <laughs> but because of my perception of them, I thought they were bad. And so I tried to do it that way. Like, I kind of just came up with a list real quick of that. Okay. And uh, the first game for me that's like that is Doom 2016. Like, when I first saw gameplay of it, I was like, why is this necessary? Like, why? <laughs> when we have Doom 1 and Doom 2, it's like, why is this right. needed? And, yeah. of course, when it first came out, I just kind of had this mindset like, well, I'm tired of the same old, same old. And, of course, you know, it just rolls downhill from there. Like, you just, for some reason, write off the game to prevent yourself from buying it because your money is so hard-earned, you know? And maybe at the time I was playing other games like Dark Souls 3. Because 2016 was a pretty busy year, from what I recall. And not to mention, I changed jobs, too, in that time. So that's probably why I missed it. But uh, I would say, after I picked it up again, this is like in 2020, I had a hell of a time playing it. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> so I've tried three different times to get into that game. Because when I saw the first trailers for that game, I had the opposite reaction. I'm like... I know what this is. This is stupid, fast-paced, frantic action that's just mindless, and that's exactly what I want in a first-person shooter, because I don't play very many first-person shooters, so Doom 2016 was the style of FPS that appealed to me, and I gave it a shot. I didn't like it. About a year later, gave it a shot. Didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And then I tried it again last year in 2021, and I still couldn't get into it. Like, I would, I played it for, like, I think the first time was about three hours. Uh, the second shot, I actually played it for a good probably four to five hours just to really give it a shot. And I, I still couldn't get into it. I don't know what it is. Maybe my brain's broken or something, but I, I did not like that game. I'm surprised. I had the exact opposite re reaction that you did. That's amazing because, you know, for the two of us, like, you're the one that always likes the frantic, fast-paced gameplay. Yeah. And that's a shock to me. Yeah. I, I, that's why I haven't played Doom Eternal yet because I still haven't finished Doom 2016 and I don't think I'm going to and it looks like it's more of that which on paper is exactly what I want but in reality it, I don't I can't get into it I don't know what it is well granted you know I played this game right before well I, actually during the very beginning of the COVID outbreak so I was looking for something to play in March 2020 and I'm like well shit Animal Crossing you know I could play more of that but you know, over time, I saw the memes of Animal Crossing Isabel with Doom Guy. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that's cool. Like, maybe I should play Doom. And I think that's what actually made me want to play it, where nice. those uh, classic <laughs> characters combining together and swapping their settings together. Like, it was, that's such a great meme. <laughs> um. When you first started talking about the games that come to your mind immediately, before you started putting your own spin on it, you mentioned two games. You mentioned Final Fantasy fourteen. You mentioned No Man's Sky. Yes. I want to talk for a minute about No Man's Sky, because that game is the epitome of what somebody, at least today, thinks of a game that failed and then found success later on. Mm -hmm. Did you ever give No Man's Sky a shot, like at all? Well, of course, you're aware of this, but I tried to play No Man's Sky for, I can't remember the episode name now, but it was like games we never played.
played, I guess, right. or something like that, and recommendations for each other. Right. This is so it's 2018, something like that. Yeah, and Robert recommended to me, I think you did too, that I played No Man's Sky. So I borrowed Robert's copy for PS4 and I gave it a shot. And to me, that game is still not redeemed in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably one of the few that hates the game. Like, I just, <laughs> it does not appeal to me at all. Especially what they were promising at the beginning. Like, it's never going to match that, you know, that grand design that they had in their minds when they pitched the game. So, in, in my opinion, the game is today what they promised it would be when it came out. Like, they, they hit that. It was many, many years later. Like, the game came out, what, 2017? 2016? I think 16. Yeah, so it's been out for almost six years now. Yeah. And it took them, like, four and a half to five years to get to the point where they said it was going to be at launch. And even at launch, like, it wasn't a terrible game if you knew what you were getting into. If you tempered your expectations, we talked all about that. We had a hype episode of Pushing Buttons 2 where we were talking about how overhype can kill games. And No Man's Sky is, like, the, the epitome of that as well. Uh, I played it for a little bit. It was mostly my wife, who was my fiancé at the time, wanted to play it. And I had a, another buddy that was playing it. And they both liked it because it's just kind of, they didn't buy into the hype. They just sat down. It was the same reason that I play a lot of games. Like, you can kind of do whatever you want to do. It's the Minecraft of it all. Mm -hmm. You set a, a task list in your mind of things that you want to do, and you can just do it at your own pace. Since then, they've uh, revamped the, maybe not the story itself, but the, the way that the quests work to where there is more of a fixed progression arc but you can still go out and do whatever they my, my biggest problem with it and it's the thing that always holds me back from playing no man's sky whenever i try to play it again is the goddamn ui and the the menu system they never changed any of that from launch it's so janky it's so clunky it's meant for a controller but it has a cursor like a mouse it's just so bad like you can play i remember with that controller play yeah. with a mouse and keyboard you get the same experience but yeah, the, the UI is very, very slow. The crafting is very slow because I, of it, too, because it's all in the UI menu. I think that's what turned me off for the game, actually. The UI was just not good at all, like for, you know, making a new player have fun playing the game. Like, I just remember all I did in that game was play around with the jetpack because that was the most fun thing about the game at the time. Like, I didn't right. like the gathering or the collecting or the analyzing or all the crazy stuff you can do in that game. But I just had fun jumping around and of course uh poison clouds killed me or poison rain or you know acidic rain i don't remember but right that's one just, of the weather events i was just like yeah this isn't for me <laughs> i really yeah, wanted to I, like it though i still like the game at its core like what it is you can go anywhere do anything the 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 spaceship flying actually feels very good for an arcadey style uh flight I'm not going to use simulator because it's definitely not that. Mm. But for a space game, the, the flight feels really good. Like, it's exactly as responsive as I expect it to be. Um, I like exploring worlds, I guess. Strange new worlds and seeking out new life and new civilizations. I like to boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs> and I kind of got that Star Trek feeling from No Man's Sky, at least to some extent. Until the game kind of takes that away from me when I get lost in the UI and trying mm. to craft my own place and 
not be able to figure out what anything does or what anything costs because it's all it's so clunky it's so janky it's so weak yeah i'm hoping uh i'm not sure what their plans are for the future of the game i know they're still working on it for example but for their next game i really hope they've learned their lessons and deliver something truly spectacular well the most recent game before this was like joe danger 2 or something i remember that game yeah, they uh I don't know if their next game's going to be anything like No Man's Sky. Didn't they <laughs> announce didn't they announce another game? I have no like idea. Some? I don't follow them, so yeah. yeah I, mean, I don't either. I like the developer Sean Murray. I like him. I I kind of do even though he's a a younger Peter Molyneux at this point. He's Peter Molyneux's a jackass. He's walking in though. the footsteps this, for sure. I think this guy's I think Sean Murray's more self-aware than Peter Molyneux is. I, I I think Peter Molyneux can go fuck himself. I think isn't, Sean Murray has learned from some mistakes. Isn't Peter Molyneux like working on NFTs now or some shit? That's why he can go fuck himself. Yes, <laughs> he absolutely that, is. That's mind boggling. <laughs> like, how do you go from game design to that? Like, I don't get it. Well, his whole his whole break from game design. Well, it wasn't even a break when he was talking about that God game, that brick breaker game, whatever that Goddess. Allowed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that whole fiasco is a fucking disaster. It's so fun to talk about, though. But he just, he's so out of touch and he always thinks that he's on to the next greatest idea. But it, it's just, it never works the way he wants it to. And it's so fun watching him stumble. I, I don't wish people <laughs> failure, but this guy can just, he can stop. You know, he can get out of my game space. I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, speaking of that, like, you know, I was thinking about this topic a little more. Like, I would love to talk about franchises that, you know, needed redemption. And Fable is definitely one of them. Okay. Like, in the grand scope of things, I enjoyed the Fable trilogy. Like, the games, the first one was incredible, in my opinion. I agree. Second one was really good, but it just kind of felt like it was missing a good narrative. Yes. And the third one, like, it was I actually. awful. It was, but <laughs> I actually liked where the ideas were going. Like, I liked the idea of having a kingdom and you altered the course of your citizenry. And, you know, they could have really done more with that. But I think the potential was there. Like, they had a great idea, like a good foundation. It would have been great if they would have finished the game, though, before <laughs> launching it. Because that ending. I know. I don't remember much <laughs> of it because there wasn't much of an ending to remember mm-hmm. like it just cut like it was just like end game that was it it was pretty bare of bones like you don't play fable games for the story like the over main story no but as big as they like they made the story try to feel within the con within the context of the game and it just like ended it, with no there was no payoff to anything that happened in the game nothing I do like set the- up for a future installment too Right, which I was okay with at that point because yeah. that game was such a letdown. <laughs> um, the combat was it was fun. It was not great. It was more of the same. But I am glad, like you mentioned, that they added like the the running the kingdom mechanic in there, trying to decide the fates of like passing laws or getting in in between arguments from people that are a part of your kingdom, settling their arguments. Because that that was fun. That was different. It was unique. Yeah, I actually played Fable 3 many years after it launched. Like, I never played it right on release like I did Fable 1 and 2. Okay. And because of that, I think my expectations were significantly lower, so I let myself be more, you know, surprised by it in a good way. Gotcha. 
Um, a, the fr a franchise that I've always been on a rocky, in a rocky relationship with is Diablo. Do you remember the launch of Diablo 3? Well, I don't because I never played Diablo 3, so... Do you remember my... Oh, I don't know if we hung out very much back then when Diablo 3 came out. It was like 2013, I want to say. Wasn't it like earlier than that? Like 2010 or 11 or 12? For some reason I was thinking it was 13. You could be right, but... Yeah. Either way, when the game came out, it was... It was not good. I actually pre-ordered the game because I love Diablo 1. I love Diablo 2. And Classics. I'm sorry to talk about... Yeah, I'm sorry to talk about Activision Blizzard right now because nobody likes talking about Activision Blizzard right now, but <laughs> Diablo 3 was a memorable game for me for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> when that game came out, I had to work at 4 in the morning and I went to the midnight launch to get it at midnight. And I was like, okay, that'll give me 4 hours to go home, install the game, play it, and then go to work. And I was, I was ready for it. I get home, install the game, download the updates, then the infamous server crash or whatever. The, the, there's the, the, the code that popped up on the screen that said code 1303 or whatever oh, it was. That's, that was like E74 or something. Uh, whatever it was. It's, it's, okay. it's a meme that I, yeah, <laughs> whatever it was. You couldn't connect to the game. Nobody could play the game for like the first day that it was out, hmm. which is the norm now with massive online games. And this was an online only game at the time. I think like you had to be always be connected to the server mm -hmm. to be able to play the game. Oh, and then when you could get into the game, the real uh, the the real money auction house just sucked the life out of it. Everything was a grind to try to make some money in the game. And it just totally shat on the entire economy of the game and everything surrounding the game. In recent years, that game has been a lot more fun. I actually really enjoy Diablo 3, and I'm sad that I'm boycotting Activision Blizzard only for the fact that I kind of want to go back and play Diablo 3 <laughs> again now that I'm talking about it. Because it's a fun game. It's a lot better than it was at launch, and they keep adding new stuff to it. They've got the seasons, uh, their seasonal mode that you start a new character every season, and you just rank up, and there's a different... Uh, there's like a different feel, a different theme. That's the word I'm looking for. A different theme to each season mm. that uh, the monsters and the loot and the, the, the collectible stuff, like the cosmetic gear that you get from completing it. They're all different. They're all based on that theme. It's, it's actually pretty fun. It's, it's a lot of fun and I want to play it and I hate myself now for not. Well, <laughs> you and I can maybe play it together. I haven't played it yet. It could be fun. Activision Blizzard's got to get their shit together before I step yeah, back into their games. They're in uh, hot water right now, understandably, and yeah. deservedly. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you would actually play that with me, because, damn it, that <laughs> that makes me want to play it even more. Well, we need a good co-op game, so instead of Escape Simulator, maybe we can explore Diablo 3. Once they've redeemed themselves, we'll see if that ever happens. <laughs> I don't think that company is capable of redeeming itself at this point. Nope. Nope, I don't think so either, but we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting year for them, for sure. Uh, speaking of online games, uh, Star Wars Galaxies. This kind of had the opposite effect, and that's the reason I want to talk about this. When Star Wars Galaxies first launched, You've heard me talk about this game, right? You, you never have played it gushed though? about this game for years. Like, even when <laughs> I first met you, like, you loved <laughs> Star Wars Galaxy so much. 
Mm-hmm. While I was over here playing World of Warcraft, and you're like, no, that game sucks. And I'm like, what? But knowing <laughs> you now, it makes sense. <laughs> well, Galaxies was a very, very immersive experience. It was less of a game and more of a you're living in Star Wars now <laughs> type thing uh, where you could just play with thousands of other people and kind of have a, I was going to say a second life, but have a like a Star Wars experience. Uh, you could become a bounty hunter. You could become a Jedi. You could become a medic if you wanted to. You could uh, run spice across the galaxy and sell it to people. It was just a very fun experience until World of Warcraft came out. Right. And they and- changed everything. Yeah, they they had the combat upgrade or combat update, whatever you want to call it. And it was very sad to see the direction that the game was going because it went from being this janky mess of a of systems that kind of came together to make something beautiful to become a game that the combat was starting to try to be more fast paced, more frantic. Normally what I would like in a in a different game, but not over the top of something pre-existing that's already kind of janky and messy you add another system on top of that and it just it started feeling like like gross like i had a gross feeling trying to maneuver around the planets trying to shoot enemies trying to thwack womp rats in the head with the jaffa stick it was jaffa stick it's jaff gaffy stick gaffy <laughs> stick jaffa are from stargate <laughs> you know it's interesting you bring that up because you know, that's what's happening with WoW now, like all these systems that are bloating the game. And, you know, it's interesting to look back at Star Wars Galaxies and games like it, like how it had more complexity and it gave the player more freedom. And that allows you to build your own stories within the universe, like with the community. And I think that's what Final Fantasy fourteen does really well right now. They have completely opened the doors for anybody to express themselves freely in the game. I mean, granted, you know, there's still the terms of service that you can't breach. They're more strict on that than Blizzard has been with their community. But that experience of bringing players together and giving them so many outlets to be themselves in, it, I think that's its true strength. Like, that's how it's gotten so successful in the past year. Meanwhile, WoW is, and Activision Blizzard just taint. So it's funny that you mentioned that with Final Fantasy. Because how they open things up and let you express yourself in ways that you thought, in, in any way that you would want to. With Star Wars Galaxies, even after the combat upgrade, they still had the NGE, the new game experience or the new game enhancements. Before that, there were 33 professions in that game that you could mix and match and become like an amalgam of any type of character you wanted to be. You could shape your own. It was the whole tagline for Star Wars Galaxies is. It's time for the best Star Wars experience, dot, 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 yours. <laughs> and it was all about having your own experience in the Star Wars universe. The NGE came out and it's like, no, you got to pick one of nine classes. But one of the classes is Jedi. So you can just start off as a Jedi. And the whole purpose for a lot of people in that game was to try to unlock the Jedi class, which took years for some people. And they didn't want that. Be- Sony didn't want that. The executives didn't want that because it's like, or maybe it was Lucasfilm, LucasArts. Um, yeah, it's got a Jedi on the cover. It's Star Wars. You got to have Jedi in the game. It's like, but that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is to live in the game. And now, yeah, you can be one of nine classes and you're set on a fixed path and that killed the experience. You know, it's interesting 
you bring that up because I feel like that's the main issue with Star Wars as a franchise right now. They're so focused on Jedis and Sith that it's like, Mm -hmm. no, there's great storytelling to be had in the side stories, like with Mandalorian or, you know, even more recently with Boba Fett. And it's like, you know, there's so much potential in this universe for great stories to be told. And it's all about what you said. It's like the origins of the character and how they grow and how they become experienced enough to become a Jedi or a Sith. And, you know, that'd be so awesome to see, like, on the big screen, but they don't do it. It's a shame. Yeah. I really, I, I think you and I talked about this a little bit before off, off recording and stuff, but I, I appreciate Solo for what it was trying to do in Star Wars. It was trying to do something not related to the Jedi or the Sith. Uh, despite the ending of it, which I thought was okay. It was like, haha, it's Darth Maul. Like, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> I thought it was I liked awesome, Darth by Maul. the way. Yeah. <laughs> I like Darth Maul as a character. I just didn't think that they needed him in that setting or in that movie to be the like surprise ending. Um, but I guess it wasn't really that surprising if you watch the, if you watch Clone Wars and watch Rebels. It's not that surprising that Darth Maul ended up in the position that he was in. But the underworld in Star Wars is something that's so under like the stories are so under told it's there's a lot there and that was some of my favorite stuff in star wars galaxies is being like yeah i'm a spice dealer baby what are you gonna do about it go walking across uh naboo uh feed in naboo the capital city and you could do like slash spit on an imperial like a stormtrooper and they try to stop you and you're like bitch i'm imperial and they're like okay move along move along <laughs> it's so fun they would try to do random spot checks to see if you were holding like if you had spice on you but if you were imperial you could just get away with it it was so fucking cool uh just does does uh what do they call those experiences that not like non-scripted stuff that like emergent gameplay emergent gameplay. there it is yeah that was that was what that game was all about I mean, my I haven't really played Star Wars Galaxies at all, and I don't plan to, but from what I hear, it's just the amount of freedom that you have with your character and its interactions with people and the universe in general. Like, the only thing I could really compare that to, from my experience, would be, you know, the Knights of the Old Republic, like the beginning of it, because you okay. don't start off as a Jedi in that game either. Like, you know, spoiler alert, you're in fact a Jedi, but you have to reawaken yourself before you get to that point. And you do that by doing the questing and whatnot until you get to, I think it was Dantooine, where you start to unlock your memories. And like that is what I loved about the game so much, the story of the person, not their identity as a Jedi. And you make that as you go forward in the game. And I imagine Galaxies is the same way. It was similar in a lot of respects to that. It was vastly different because just the the style of game it was allowed for more options and more creativity in galaxies than in the old republic because it's a linear rpg versus an open mmo but yeah very similar in that respect i even have star wars the old republic on this list as a game that i this was kind of one that was more personal to me because i liked it at launch but it's not it wasn't really that great of a game. The only thing that it had going for it at launch was the individual stories. Mm-hmm. And I think you played you didn't play at launch, but you played the bounty hunter when you did play, right? From what I did play, I didn't really invest a lot of time into it. I would say maybe 20 hours, but I loved the narrative of having the dialogue being spoken and 
you get to make choices. Well, granted, you know, it was very limited, but I think that was what was great about it overall. Like the combat, you know, it's wow like. I get it. They're trying to emulate success, but that's what made it divergent. And I think that's how it found success later as time went on. Yeah, I. The, every time I try going back and playing that game, and I about every year, it's almost every year, like clockwork, I'll play it around November, October, November. Um, and I did it again this last year, too. I, I played a character uh, as a Jedi Knight character that I had started years ago, probably, and just jumped in and started playing again. And the only thing that I enjoy about that damn game is the exact same thing that I enjoyed about it at launch. The story. It was the individual stories of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to get to the DLC stories or the, the expansion stories because they're more focused on the characters that are introduced in the expansion. A lot of them are based on Revan and like the followers of Revan after the fact. Um, but the, the main game, the, the level 1 to 50 gameplay is all about the character that you're playing. And it had those, those good Bioware stories, but that was all it had. And even to this day, that's all the game has is those Bioware stories for the classes. And some of them are kind of copy paste of the others. Yeah, to touch on that, like, I think that's also why Final Fantasy XIV was so successful in being redeemed. Is its main story quest, like, overall, the characters, how they're written. I, I can gush about it all day, but I'll just keep it, you know, really brief. Like, it's the best MMO story, in my opinion. And that's a big ingredient for why it's so successful. I wish I could get into Final Fantasy fourteen more than I did. Like I, I gave it an honest go. I played it for a while, and I just I couldn't get into it. I think I'm done with MMOs. Is the the kicker there? I think that's what it is. That's probably the truth. Yeah. Like I, I know for me personally, I, I played a hell of a lot of WoW, and Final Fantasy when I did play it was a huge breath of fresh air, and. You know, even before then, like Final Fantasy games for me were like I was really passionate about them, but 13 left a really sour taste in my mouth and it really turned me off of JRPGs in general. So when I did pick up 14, like it just brought back those old feelings of joy for me. Like I just I loved everything about the story and the characters. Yeah. <laughs> some of my only memories, not my only memories, some of my strongest memories of hanging out with you at your house when we were in high school. Was you playing Final Fantasy twelve? <laughs> Wait, or really? Was it was it ten? Maybe t- it could have been ten. I was going to say I think it may have been ten because twelve came out after high school for us. It was, there was in two thousand six. Okay, so I was thinking of twelve then because it was. I think we had two TVs hooked up in your living room. I was playing Stranglehold on the Xbox three hundred and sixty. Okay, and you were playing. I think you were playing uh, Final Fantasy twelve. That could be it then. Yeah. I think that was what it was. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how I remember that so much more than you know us playing Fable on with with a buddy. We had three TVs in the same room all playing Fable separately, but together that was fun. That was a good time. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. good times. <laughs> and uh, um, I was gonna, well, you know, to, to kind of pivot a little bit. Like, what games do you think were technically bad but have redeemed themselves? I know we talked about No Man's Sky, but I was thinking more about like cyberpunk or maybe fallout 76. Like, have they truly redeemed themselves yet? I don't think in the eyes of the wider audience that I don't think that they have really. Um, Hmm. I think they each found their own fan base after the fact, 
And there are people that are still playing Fallout 76. Uh, we see that Frank has been playing Cyberpunk 2077. So, yeah, I, I don't think Cyberpunk was as bad of a game as people thought that it was. It's just, it had the No Man's Sky effect where people were expecting, you know, the moon. Guilty. And, Guilty yeah, is charged. <laughs> they, it's basically GTA in first person set in a Cyberpunk setting. That's all the game is. That's why I couldn't get into it. But that's kind of what I thought it was going to be was it's not even as fun as Grand Theft Auto because the driving in the game is a lot different. You're, you're more constricted. You're in a city and it's more about vertical than about horizontal exploration. Um, there are people that play it. There are people that like it. I don't get it. <laughs> it's ironic that, you know, when we covered it previously, like how hype, you know, markets these games and. In particular, we were talking about the cyberpunk reveal. And, you know, me, I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to play this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the second coming of Jesus. Like, holy shit. I am stoked to play this game. And then it came out. And <laughs> I was like, well, lesson learned. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I was the like, funny thing. I was just really expecting it to be the end all be all of games. The funny thing about that is I remember saying, I've got no interest. I'm never going to play it. And I still bought it on launch day. <laughs> and, right. And I didn't play it at all. And I still haven't right. played it. And I want to right. now that it's maybe redeemed. But that's why I'm asking you. What do you think? I don't think anything's changed about it. The bugs are gone, but that's it. Hmm. Like, it's still the same game that it was. I see. Okay. Just, people's expectations lowered for it. And they realized what kind of game it's supposed to be. I think that's all that happened. I mean, if you want to play a, a cyberpunk RPG game, it's a good one. I've, the story is kind of hit or miss, depending. I, I never finished it. Go figure. That's the story of my life. But <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's a fun game. It's a CD Projekt Red game. So, you know, they spent time like developing the world. I do want to play it. I've heard rumblings recently of like the first big expansion coming out and oh. maybe that will change things for the better. And I'm curious to check it out and kind of excited to check it out but i'm still kind of like whoa hold on you know i'm curious what could even change to make the game like better because like they didn't promise anything that they didn't deliver besides a bug-free experience which no game ever does that anymore uh it's it's still exact it's it's deus ex essentially that's what that's what the is being promised with this expansion like they're going to expand upon the character creativity and like oh, okay. the gameplay systems and like basically how gunplay works and that's just from what i've read gotcha i guess that's in, in my opinion the game is what it's set out to be but i could see them trying to add more customization to it because there was a lot of lackluster customization in the game uh, the amount of weapons and the the hacking system could use a little work but it you liked the deus ex series right oh yeah big fan mm -hmm. i think you would really enjoy cyberpunk if you just took out the whole years ago hype in your mind and just played it as like a deus ex game because a lot of people that are playing it are like playing it as a first person shooter which it is i played it as a game where i was trying to Kind of like how I play Hitman. Try to take out as many people as you can before you do what you're supposed to do in an area. So I'd hack cameras and then try to like find the routes of the people 
that are that silently take them out or use my hacking abilities to take them out, um, overload their armor or whatever. I almost never fired a, a bullet in that game. Oh, really? Hmm. And that's that's how I had fun with it was by not using guns. I had a melee weapon as backup just in case I needed to. And I had a gun because sometimes I was sometimes I'd be pretty bad at stealth. But if you play it as like a, a stealth game, it's there's a lot to enjoy there. I think you would enjoy it. I think like, you know, I brought up earlier, like Fable 3, how I waited several years before playing it because of how disappointing yeah. it was. I think Cyberpunk will be the same kind of redemption for me. I could see that. And, you know, maybe in a couple of years, it'll finally be in a state where, you know, that's long gone, that memory of hype. And I could just really appreciate it for vase value and, you know, enjoy it for what it is. And I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I really am. I'm looking forward to you getting to that point where you can play it. Cause I, I honestly think you'd enjoy it. I think it's important to kind of distance yourself from that, like that hype and that marketing. Yeah. Because it sure. definitely does ramp you up on release. Like for me, you know, every souls game, you know, they really hype the hell out of those and the community does too. And usually they don't disappoint. Well, actually they've never really disappointed me, but I know dark souls two was kind of like, eh, hit or miss with most people but yeah with Elden Ring I'm trying to avoid the same mistake I'm trying to keep uh, everything like as fresh as possible I'm not watching trailers I'm not watching gameplay I'm trying to stay away from interviews I just want to go in completely blind and just enjoy it for what it is and hopefully that results in a better experience I, I'm hoping so because I have a feeling that Elden Ring is like I think it's going to be as divisive as Death Stranding was. Oh, God. Yeah, that's a whole... For a different... <laughs> I think it's going to be for a different uh, reason. You had to bring that one up. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> just... That's another one I need to redeem myself on. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I only have... I have one thing that I want to get to before we leave, because I think it's going to talk... It's going to be a bit of a big discussion, but speedruns. Oh, okay. Speedruns mm -hmm. in general have revived so many games from the past that were either bad or or good but people stop playing because they're old and speedruns exist to glorify that kind of stuff like the old janky mess of games that can be beaten in like three minutes rather than three days that kind of stuff um yeah agdq i think just got over as of this recording it ended yesterday yeah yeah um man speedruns are so much more fun to watch than i gave them credit for even a year ago during like 2020 2021 those were when i really found speed runs I, I i can't do it i don't have that kind of mindset to be able to keep doing the same thing over and over again watching them though is a uh, different experience like it's really engaging very different experience um being i just want to know how people can even find ways to take advantage of the, the like the bugs and stuff that are in the game to warp through walls like how how people find these things out it's just it's incredible I don't get it. Like they devote themselves to this one game, and I'm like, I can't do that. Like, there's no, <laughs> I can't. It's nope. it's it's amazing though, and <laughs> raising money, like specifically GDQ, raising money for charity while doing it is freaking awesome. That's a good reason to do it. Yes. Yeah. Are there any speed runs that you always look forward to during a GDQ, or even on Twitch outside of a GDQ? You know, me personally, like if I have recently played a game that I love the hell out of, like I watched. Uh, Resident Evil 8 Villages speedrun in this AGDQ, and that was amazing because you did it on the hardest difficulty. Ooh. And yeah, that looked like hell. 
<laughs> like <laughs> I had a hell of a time playing it the first time around, and it wasn't even on. Uh, I think it's called uh, Village of Shadows difficulty. I just played on hardcore difficulty, which is the next step down. And hell, that was hard at first. Like I couldn't imagine playing it on that one. And you know, games like I'm really passionate about, like the Souls games. I really love watching those too. Uh, last night in particular, there was a great uh, blindfolded run of Sekiro. And that was insane, dude. I was like, all the audio cues and memorization that he had to do for the blindfold run, that that's something to be watched. Like, that was incredible. I watched someone do that run. It was either on Twitch before a GDQ or is during a prior GDQ, but it was a blindfolded, I'm pretty sure, Sekiro mm. run. And I don't understand how people can do like. The determination, the devotion that it takes to get to that level of familiarity with a game, it's, it's mind-boggling, man. It was great, too, because on one of the first bosses, this is the Raging Bull, it's on fire. It's like one of the first bosses of Sekiro. It's really uh, easy, I think, if you're playing without the blindfold. <laughs> but holy shit, he died five or six times, and he did not give up. I was like, dude, bravo, he actually got it. And kept on, you know, to complete the run. Nice. I was like, dude, that's badass. Like, he didn't give up. He didn't, you know, start from a safe state. Like, he just kept going until he got it. I was like, bravo, man. Kudos. <laughs> I almost d decided to start speed running uh, Jedi Fallen Order, like, shortly after I beat it. Really? There were, hmm. there, there's some pretty impressive speed runs of it. And I'm like, do that. I didn't even try it. I'm like, no, I, I okay, I, it, they make it look a lot easier than they it is. They sure do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kicker with uh, Jedi Fallen Order is that, at least at the time, I don't know if it's still the case, but you can't skip cutscenes. And there are some very long cutscenes that every time you're doing a new run, you got to watch those cutscenes all over again from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't have the patience or the time for that. Is, would there ever be a game that you would speed run? That is a great question. Like I realistically, have, I don't think I've given it any thought. Actually, really, you know, I I, <laughs> I honestly think if I would speed run anything, it'd be a game like Celeste, or I could see that, or Ghost Runner, like something that's quick, that's you know instantly you know replayable if you happen to die or. But those are such technical high skill demanding games like i think that would give me true fulfillment if i could do that yeah you know with games like that are cinematic like i like you i would get tired of listening to the same dialogue the same cutscenes. like it would dampen the experience i had before with them but uh yeah definitely something that's gameplay focused not so much story focused i the closest to speedrunning I ever got was to get an achievement in Spelunky for beating the game in under six minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, that's not even technically a speed... I, I guess it can be technically a speedrun because you are speeding through the game, but there are people that can beat Spelunky HD in, like, probably a minute and a half, two minutes flat. And you, there's no, like, warping through walls on there, you're, unless you have the teleporter. You're, you're legitimately playing through the entirety of the game. It's it's impressive how fast that can go. But that's one of those games like like you were saying, you fail, you immediately pick back up and restart. You don't have to. There's no story to go through. There's no dialogue, any of that. Indeed, yeah. I think that also if you fail, like in a story based game, it's pretty simple, right? You just reload your checkpoint or whatever. 
but from other games with you know really bad save states like you're screwed you lose minutes <laughs> if you you know die unexpectedly and i just can't right. imagine going through that like that sounds horrible to me <laughs> <laughs> you know speaking of uh dying unexpectedly in those types of scenarios like for me a big redemption this past year was Deathloop. Okay. At first, the PC launch, it was a total disaster. And it was a shame because I was really anticipating the game. But the stuttering issues, it just made it unplayable. And I had to put it down yeah. for like a month. And I hated that because I was really into it. Like the story is really, really bad in the game. But the beginning of it, it was so good. Like it hooked you in. And you were invested to see what would happen with the characters. And unfortunately, it fizzles out. But the gameplay was so fun. And, you know, when that happened, that PC launch, it was just a shame. Because I really wanted to get, like, invested in it. But that kind of, you know, broke the game into two segments for me. Like, when I was really enjoying myself and not so much. I tried getting into that game at launch, too. But the stuttering issues made it unplayable. Once you get to, there's like an apartment building that you go to. That's when it started for me. Yep. When you actually go into the apartment. And I ended up refunding the game and I never bought it again. I'm just. Yeah, you didn't miss much. <laughs> it seems like I, I was having fun with it. Like, it, it's a good, it's a well-designed game. It's just the technical issues that you mentioned brought it back so much then. That it feels like I should be able to play it now and just have a good time with it, but I don't want to. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. I mean, the story, it was a huge disappointment. The gameplay's fun, but its I don't think it would be your kind of game. Yeah. Like, for me, I love Dishonored, the first one, and the second one I kind of saw as a disappointment. It wasn't a really good sequel, and, you know, Deathloop is its own IP. It's a whole new thing, and, you know, I was just really engaged with it once I picked it up, but of course that whole stuttering thing, it just killed the vibe of the game. Like you couldn't play it and moving forward. Like I finally did finish it. I even a hundred percent of the game, which was great, but yeah, it was too little too late by that point. Well, speaking of redemption, I hope that we've redeemed ourselves on this new brand new feed that we're on as pushing buttons. Um, please, please, please. If you liked what you listened to, I would ask that you, follow subscribe and review if you could give us a review i even if it's a three-star review give us a review so Something. that we pop up on more feeds let us know what you thought of the show let us know if there's any specific topics in gaming that you want us to cover because we are always open for more uh ideas experiences opinions <laughs> concepts concepts there it is yeah i was yeah, almost yeah. there i almost had it oh <laughs> well, thank you all for listening um yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode. So until then, love you. Later. <laughs>